1: Coach Radio. That's audibletrial.com slash life coach radio. And now here's today's show. Hello and welcome to the Replenish Me show. My name is Cordelia Gafar. I'm your hostess tonight. Replenish Me is a show where I help women to calm their chaos by gaining self compassion, self forgiveness and clarity so that they can harmonize their lives. The guests that I invite to my show have the same vision on how to help women, either it's in mindset and heartset, or just their choices. Tonight, we'll be speaking about people-pleasing. Before I introduce our guests, let me invite you to find out more about how you can work with me at WorkoutAroundMyDay.com or by joining my Facebook community at ChaosToCom for Supermoms. Tonight we will find out about Kim Fisk. She is a respected professional keynote speaker, life coach, and author, a seven figure earner, and a thought leader. She's been able to change the way people view their relationships, career, life goals and journey by giving them the ability to acknowledge their proverbial monster while providing mechanisms for coping with it. I met met Kim online through another lovely woman um, who I've had on my show previously, Haley Gray. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hi, Cordelia. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you being here. I know that you just got into town um, and... You've had very little sleep, but you sound well. <laughs> well, I, I'm on adrenaline right now, which is all good.
0: And then I'm going to go crash after this show. I think I've had a big day, but I've been looking forward to being on your show. And you and I have had some great conversations over the few months we've known each other. And um, we are definitely aligned in
1: mission. 100%. I, um, I'm i so glad that you between traveling you know back and forth between your children and your grandchildren so you know let's just jump right in i would like to know what did your world look like as a people pleaser well you know
0: in my bio that i heard you read you mentioned their proverbial monster but i don't know that people know where that comes from so um can I uh, can I kind of tie it back to that monster metaphor that my book is about? And then that'll help me. Okay. Um, so the book that's coming out um, in early October, October 9th, 10th, 11th, it's the launch date. So it's really in a big hoo-ha right now. Um, <laughs> but the book's done and that's called The Monster Under the Bed, Uncovering the Lie That Drives Us. And um, so... Basically, just the kind of a quick overview of the premise is that when we're little, we don't have the part of our brain that handles reasoning or logic. So everything is um, processed, and our identity, especially, was um, solidified. You know, basically embedded and solidified, and and uh, and grew from our survival brain, which was the amygdala or the limbic brain, because we came pre-programmed already for survival. And so when I just kind of, everyone I've worked with over 30 years, Cordelia, I've been a coach, or I've been in network marketing, relationship marketing, I've been in, um, I've led large teams, and I've done theater and music, but I've just been a people uh, researcher. Like, I've just been you know, just interested in how, how I pick and what causes that voice inside me, but I've, I've never worked with anyone that doesn't have this feeling, no matter how outwardly successful they appear, this kind of voice that says, you know, I'm not good enough, like, I'm not okay, I'm not, I'm not worthy, I'm not perfect, whatever the little variation of that word is, it's the bottom line is, we were, we came wired with fear of we're primates. So we have to be okay in our, in our environment, our community has to take care of us. So it's illogical. We don't have language around it. We don't have words. We don't have understanding. It's just how we came packaged in the operating system of our brain. So when that little illogical, unreasoning kid emotionally experienced something, maybe their mother slapped their hand, you know, because they were going to the hot stove, or maybe um, you know somebody, either innocently or even maybe they're you know we're, we we're all raised by our parents monsters basically, and we raised our kids with our monsters. So you know <laughs> yeah. whether it was in a in a justifiable angry thing or just it doesn't matter to the little kid. They didn't have any way to reasonably reasonably process whatever just happened. They just processed it emotionally, with the driving question running in the background of am I okay? Am I okay like I am, just as I am? Because we have to be. And so when that fear struck, and I think that's the first feeling we felt when we were little is shame. And in my book, I have 10 monster tracks. The first, the, the sign that there is a monster under your bed, so to speak. And the first one is shame. And I believe that that's the epicenter of, of everything that came after that. Because once that feeling of, uh-oh, I'm not okay. I better go hide. I better go, oh, I hope nobody notices. I hope nobody sees. Then the amygdala also has a fight message that says you better be okay. You have to be okay because you have to live. So go make them happy. Now come mm-hmm. to monster track number two which is the people pleasing track which we're wired to we we came with that wiring to make sure people like us or that we're okay with them. The problem is is that you know, it was based on a lie that we weren't okay to begin with, and um, and I call it a lie because I I don't know there, I I wrestled with that word for a while because a lie kind of feels like uh, purposely deceitful, and mm. that's not what it was. It was an untruth that that was embedded because we didn't have the brain capacity, the type of the, your prefrontal cortex brain doesn't fully develop till like mid twenties. So think of all the decisions you make about yourself. Um, and the decisions you make about your life before you are really in your right mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well that
1: explains it. I got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. So yeah. So people pleasing, um, You know, and like, as in all the monster tracks, I identify 10 in the book and people pleasing is number two and not all of them are in order, but shame definitely is one people pleasing is right up there because of this, what I'm talking about, but where it becomes, well, so let me just keep kind of going back with that metaphor when we're young and we are, that fear hits us emotionally without logic and we go, "Uh oh, again, I'm saying it with words, but this is not how we processed it because it was just automatically like breathing and you know growing you know digesting food it just was in the operating system and we looked around at our fam- at this community that you know we're born into that have to take care of us and said what do these people value in my family it was music it was singing it was playing piano and instruments and I grew up in church so I was on stage sing- I don't remember ever not being on you know singing I started I think singing with my brother and sister when I was like four on stage Mm -hmm. so because that was what so you know my amygdala my fight message worked really well like make sure they all make sure you do those things that are that that are valued in the in your family people that are um you know in a sports family those kids grow up just athletic and competitive and right and people who are academic their kids are all they you know it's it's a little it's it's a mixture of both what's important to the parents, they're going to pass to the kids and the kids are going to go, yep, I'm going to do that because that's what you got a perfectionist parent that teaches you how to fold towels and make your bed exactly this way, right? Then you're going to do that. Most perfectionists are raised by a
1: perfectionist, you know? So I wasn't. wasn't. (laughs) What? I was laughing because um, I I was taught actually how to fold towels properly. So just go ahead. (laughs)
0: I was too. No, I think it's very common, but and, and none of that is wrong. This don't hear this as right, wrong,
1: or monster
0: track. What I call number three, which is judgment of right, wrong, good, bad, you know, black, white. That's not how to hear this. It's like all of these things have um, created our identity for the good, bad, and the ugly. It's all part of the identity package that we now are. The issue is, and going back to people pleasing, for example. Um, the issue becomes when I'm still uh, compelled or I'm still driven by this thing that doesn't make any logical sense that I'm 45 years old and I still worry or I'm still uh, trying to make my dad proud or my mom not mad. Or, and I have a family of my own, like I, I have a friend who I see it completely in him and he's married and his wife is just like, come on, let that go like you're you're 45 you have a wife you have a family why do you why do you have such of a uh and it's dysfunctional it becomes toxic in your world to have it to be do i like to make people happy absolutely i love making people happy there's nothing wrong with people pleasing in and of itself but when it's monster driven in my example where you, you have those deep, deep, deep grooves of thought and emotion and wiring that came from the four-year-old, and that four-year-old wiring is still, is hijacking you today, and you don't know why. You don't know why you can't tell your mom no, or you don't know why mothers, like how many mothers are like helicopter moms that have to take care of everything in their world, and they keep hovering over their kids and making sure, because in their world, that is, that's how they were wired, probably from a parent that did it to them, or they avoid conflict at all costs because, oh, no, we can't have conflict. Or, uh, right? You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: yeah. Wow. That's so true. You know, I, I want to just pause here for a second and let our listeners kind of let that sink in because you know, we have <laughs> a billion golden nuggets, you know. And so I, I'm just going to pull these few things out that you said. When we are young, right, we are experiencing things that we don't understand. And it's the projection of our parents' monsters. And since we're so young, we don't have the vocabulary to match those experiences. So it becomes fear without logic and just raw emotion. Mm -hmm. And it sits there and and it actually becomes embedded in the grooves of our brain and plays out and our relationships as we grow older and gain a vocabulary, but we still don't know how to place words with those emotions, and mm-hmm. they become monsters in the background. Am I hearing that correctly?
0: Yeah, you just said it way better than I did. Good job. That was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's one, there's one uh, little distinction, and um, that you said about absolutely we were raised by our parents monsters and absolutely we have raised our children. If we have them, you know, by our, like, like the, um, you know, I've got to be a good parent. I've got to keep up with the parents that I'm a good parent. So my kids better behave and act a certain way. Like that's a very common, you know, don't embarrass me in front of my friends. Like make sure you're a good kid, not because of the kid. It's more about you than the kid. Right. (laughs) which is also part of the ki- the brain that we're wired with is, and you've seen this, and I see it in myself still, everything's about me, everything's about me, and there is some truth to that, absolutely, but without investigation now with my prefrontal cortex, the, the brain and the newer brain, um, you know, where I can now as an adult go, wait, that's, That's not about me. That was their problem. That's not me. That's, they didn't mean that about me that they're dealing with their own bad day or their own, right? Like I can do that now because I have that brain. But even if you were raised, like, even like my example of the mom that kind of jerked the hand away from the hot stove, that mom did it out of complete love for that child. But the child had no way of logically processing that. There's no way that, I mean, believe me, a common, a common lie that, that, uh, that shows up. I just call it one monster, but it's kind <laughs> of a hybrid. It has many heads. Like it'll show up in, in various ways. Like mine was, my mom and dad, for example, got divorced when I was four. And mm-hmm. as I thought about it cognitively, you know, as I got older, I knew my dad left my mom. But that isn't how little Kimmy, when I've investigated this and I noticed the monster tracks in my life showing up about what, what was driving me to have to prove something, to, that's the fight message that I talk about with the amygdala. Or when did I shrink back and feel shame and want to hide and didn't feel good enough? That's the flight message because that lie was, and the lie that little Kimmy embedded back probably at age four might have been earlier. I don't know. I don't really go into that in what right. I talk about. That's more like a therapy technique. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I just say, how does it show up today for you? And let's do something about it, right? But let's say it was age four-ish for me, and I processed because this is how the brain of a child processes. It's everything that happens to me um, is bec- is is to me. Number one, even if it wasn't to me, but it's a lot of times because of me, hmm. right? In children of divorce or children of um, abuse or um, Uh, sexual molestation, like they have this, I'm bad. And that is the lie The the lie really, no matter how it got there was, I'm not okay. I'm not good enough. I'm bad. I'm not worthy. And um, so that's what little Kimmy processed When, when my dad didn't leave my mom, (laughs) my dad left me. Mm. And and if I had been better, if I had been more in my word, (laughs) my silver bullet word was, special I was the 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 lie that I embedded was I was only average I was like nothing special I was not worth it I was w- worthless if I had been special so I see those tracks showing up in my life like oh I gotta prove I'm special 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 anyway I don't know if that makes sense but that's my metaphor
1: <laughs> yeah 100% so I see that could easily lead um, lead to someone being coming A people pleaser right because okay so my dad left my mom because i wasn't special enough so if i'm special enough nobody else will leave me so yeah on that note i'm gonna we're gonna just take a really quick pause again Uh like i said people can like kind of digest that and i want to Mention in our break here About a few of the other Radio shows on the Life Coach Radio Network Um, Tomorrow we have Sisters of Diaspora With Trina Ramsey That's Thursday nights at 7pm And next week On the Odd Wednesdays um, The first and the third Wednesdays We have Frank Maduri Who brings us Undivided Now he has Um, Very interesting guest and last week he had someone come on and talk about um, personal training and next week he'll have someone to talk about real men. So that'll be quite interesting on Undivided and like I said, that's the first and third days at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We appreciate you here on the Life Coach Radio Network where there's over 25 different life coaches that bring you a variety of shows throughout the month, Um, I invite you to go to our main page on Facebook, which is Life Coach Radio Network, and look at all the different offerings. Now back to the Replenish Me show. I'm going to pick up with Ken Fisk. She is a newly published author. Her book, actually, um, The Monster Under the Bed, will be coming out October 9th, and she'll tell us more about the online launch in a little while, but let's dig a little bit deeper and find out. So you are a life coach yourself. Um, Can you share with us how these uh, techniques have helped one of your people-pleasing clients?
0: Well, I find that the biggest well, one of the biggest com- denom- uh, common denominators um, with people pleasers is they avoid conflict, like I said. So, you know, um, in writing the book and getting the data that I was, you know, researching about it, um, I, uh, yeah, there's, there was a couple, for example, who they were middle-aged and they had a grown son who was newly married. And, um, and you know, sometimes the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law, you know, relationships can be a little bit dicey and so um, this young couple lived with the parents of the girl the girl's parents and it was really they were miserable there very miserable and so the 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 parents of the my friends who are the parents of the 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 husband um you know i don't know if the young couple asked if they could move or if they just offered but they they here's the here's how this plays out The, the the woman that's like my age told me about it and said we had the thought to really get specific about kind of like, okay, well, what are the, what are the parameters of this arrangement? You know, like, are you contributing financially? Are you going to do some household chores? Like let's really lay some clear groundwork. So we're clear, right. Let's just Mm -hmm. all be on the same page. But they didn't do that because they didn't, they were worried. Okay. That the new daughter-in-law would interpret that as That they they didn't want her, or they were, you know, that there was a problem. So they they fought that instinct to do that, and then within a year they said their life was just miserable. It was, it was a living hell at their house. They could do nothing right, no matter how many good things they tried to do. It was always flipped back around, never appreciated. They never helped with anything, like. And and my friend said, if we had just followed that instinct, but because we were so worried that they wouldn't like us, that they Mm -hmm. would think something. Because this is and I call it chatter in our brain, that it's gonna tell you something to not mess with things. Don't don't approach you know what's gonna happen, Kim, if you go bring that up to them. You know what's gonna it's just gonna become a big war and it's yeah, so what do you do? You don't do it and this is the ironic thing about people pleasers, is you you're not honest with people and then you get resentful about them taking advantage of you or doing this thing you don't really want to do (laughs) because you weren't honest, and then you blow up or turn passive-aggressive, like it just becomes this, I call it the dance of the monsters. It's just, you know, and you weren't the one that was honest. So um, just be honest in a kind way. It doesn't, you know, chatter is going to tell you, well, it's going to turn into a fight. No, it won't because you don't, you're not going to have that energy, if you don't deal with it, now it's going to fester, now the energy, now we're going to kind of go from a, oh yeah, but you think that, no, but I think, yeah, but I know what you're thinking, and we start reacting to things that aren't even there, and then we create them, (laughs) because, right, like these, it just becomes a big mess, so better to overcome the chatter that says don't, don't, in fact, one of the biggest philosophies I've come with, and this is a come to, and I, it, I, it usually raises some hairs with people in the back of their neck because it's so against how we've been taught, and that mm-hmm. is only do what you want to do. Do it only if you want to do it. I'm raising my kids. Every relationship I have now, I if, if I ask somebody to do something, and I'll go only do it if you want to do it, and there's no passive aggressiveness to that at all. I'm 100% sincere. And I give myself full permission. Now, when people go, Kim, that's selfish. That's not right. I'm going to, nope, I got to put all these people first. Well, it doesn't mean you're not going to factor in these important people or their opinions or their life, you know, in your Mm -hmm. desire. This one woman said, if I did what I wanted to do, I wouldn't get up in the night with my child. You know, she's up throwing up. I wouldn't get up with her. I'd just stay in bed. I go, really? Well, let's play that out. Really, you would? okay, the kid comes in sick, you're going to say, honey, don't bother me, go throw up, I'm going to roll over and, you know, put my head under the pillow, no, you might not want to get, like, given what your options are, now what do you want to do,
1: <laughs> right, factor in. Yeah. that That is almost an unreal unrealistic example she's bringing up, right, because yeah, yeah, I much rather deal with it now than later when it comes to that, but You know, um, definitely going back to the conflict with the young couple and the in-laws, you know, one of the things that um, I tell people, and and yes, this is aligned with chatter, is that what if those people are just waiting for you to be the one to say it? You know, what if they are just like, you know, I wonder if they would like to, you know, help out or be part of, you know, our routine when it comes to the household chores or when it comes to inviting guests over or something like that, just to make everybody's life a lot easier. And um, and that would not be selfish. That would be actually uh, complimentary in this case, right? Yes. And, and in their case, it would have avoided the con- conflict altogether and that, that dance of monsters, yeah. And uh, a lot of
0: it does come from people's lack of skill in knowing how to approach things um, in a healthy, con- you know, communication, because who models that, mm-hmm. right? Mm -hmm. most people, I mean, Cordelia, you're, you're, I mean, when I got to know you and I heard how you raise your children, it's just like, yeah, you're like, I want to worship at your feet and say, I'm not worthy. I mean, you're phenomenal, but, (laughs) and your children are being modeled that in your home. Right. But we, when, when, when someone is um, highly uh, reactive or angry or uh, Button pushing, which is monster track number six, like you know, when all these things happen, and we see the results of it in our life, part of it, a lot of it, is monster driven, but it's also being modeled to us. Like we, no one, no one really teaches us how to approach um, a potential conflict in a healthy way. Like it's a, that's a skill. It is, and uh, and you can learn it if you want to, and but most people just dig in, and go to monster track number 10, which is blame and blame the other person for pushing their button or for making them mad or for being, you know, a pain or doing, not picking up their clothes or, you know, whatever the issue is, we don't tend to naturally look in the mirror and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to be responsible for my life. Um, I'm going to be responsible for what I'm going to take responsibility and own that where I'm at right now in my life and all the dysfunction that's around me. Yep. It, if it were completely up to me, what would I do? And I'm owning it. And just, it, it, you lose the victim mentality at that point. You actually will start hearing things in your mind that you never, like it just opens up a door that most people aren't naturally going to do on their own. Pain has a way of doing that. You know, pain has a way of going, how can I look at this differently? Because this isn't working. Um, anyway, that's. Exactly. But- People-pleasing in general, and if you own that everything, only do something if you want to do it, I'm going to factor in my husband's opinion, I'm going to factor in what my kids want, I'm going to factor all those things in, and I'm going to only do it if I want to. Does it mean that I, if without all those things, I would love to just go live in Hawaii and you know do what I want to do for the rest of my life? That isn't the question here. Given the fact <laughs> that I have kids, and I'm married, and they have jobs, and they don't have grandkids, now what do I want to do? I'm where I'm at. I'm where I want to be because I want to be there.
1: Um, yeah. So what would be another thing? So um, coming from the perspective of only do what you want to do. So what what is another thing that they can do in trying to reframe um, how to interact with people and move away from people pleasing into um, I guess that's healthy. more, Yes, yeah. definitely more healthy. Yeah.
0: Well, um, watch how you approach the conversation in your mind. I don't know if you've done this, but this has helped me so many times in my life. I gear up. I can sense when, my, when my, I'm having conversations, I'm having conflict conversations, angry arguments. I'm arguing with someone in my mind. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I go, whoa, 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 hold the phone. What am I, what, why why am I arguing with that person in my mind, right? Like, why am I having those thoughts and that create this emotion inside me? Um, It's because, number one, there's undelivered communication. And because I'm fighting it in my mind, I think it automatically, and and it's true, you have kind of pre-programmed that eventual conversation to be a fight because you've been living it. For reals in your mind for a long time. Yeah. So, I would go back to the point of thought and make a new thought decision. I would I would play it out visually and emotionally, where I would see the conversation happening. I would see myself re- how I want to be in that conversation, calm. You know, I would I would feel how I want to feel. I would pre-plan. I'd rehearse it. I'm a theater director, right? So you're gonna yeah. rehearse things. <laughs> Before you, before you actually have uh, this, this interaction, don't not have it, but create how you want it to be and sh- see and feel yourself. Because honestly, there's no conflict if you're calm. You know this. This is the name of your show, From Chaos <laughs> to Calm, right? Like they can get all worked up if they want. But if you don't have a button to push, they're going to just feel kind of silly. They're going to get all worked up and think they're fighting and you're not fighting and you're just right so you're just gonna just play that out rehearse it because right now we are a product of what we have um rehearsed basically emotionally and the and and like from the four year old time we've laid those emotional pathways and they are like fired and wired in our neuro pathways and our synapses like we think we're those that's where those thoughts and emotions come from that's how long they've been in there. The wiring is old and archaic and not accurate. It's like we're faultily programmed now and we don't know it. Now you have the brain to investigate it and to make a new decision and use new mental and emotional tools to rewire. It's awesome.
1: Exactly. I, I, love, that. I love that. So you um, basically, this tool, the second one is really to visualize and be. The, um, the person that, you know, that calm person that can come from a place of deep listening mm-hmm. um, in the conversation and be present without being infected or affected by the mm-hmm. words of the other person. Mm-hmm. Yes. And don't even anticipate that they
0: are going to be upset. Picture them not being upset either. Just picture a calm conversation where everyone is standing in their truth and giving room for the other person to have a different opinion. It doesn't mean we all have to agree, but okay, I hear you. Now, how can we make this work? Where, how can this be an and both? Like, let's make, it, let's make it work for both of us, right? So now we can really deal from our logical brain. Here's what happens. When your amygdala brain, the survival brain gets triggered your body, it completely shuts down your logical prefrontal cortex brain. You don't have access to that brain anymore. Have you noticed if you get in a big fight with someone, you say things and holy cow, it's like, whoa, why did I say that? Well, because you didn't, your, your prefrontal cortex brain shut down. When you're in fight or flight mode, the brain doesn't go, okay, sit there and figure this out and reason why, you know, you might be getting eaten right now by a saber tooth. No, you got to run or hide or, you know, play dead. you got to do something else. It's, your body is amazing. And it says, nope, you're not going to logically have access to, be, you know, you're not going to have access to that logic anymore. you got to just, just get out of there or fight, which is what we do. We just, we kill each other with our words and,
1: you know, destroy relationships. And yeah, so. Yeah, Uh, I heard you talking about that on a recent live on your your Facebook page. So we're going to take a short break before I get to the really juicy questions and dive into where you can find her, how to connect with her online and in your um, local area if you're near her. Okay, so I want to share about, um, for those of you who are in the Washington, D.C. area, like I am, there is a local organization called Purple Runway. And just like um, Kim was talking about how we destroy each each other with our words, sometimes the words are a lot more damaging than our fists but they're both considered domestic violence. And the Purple Runway is an, an annual fashion show event and fundraiser produced by Camisole Style Consultancy, Inc. And Gigi McMillan, the CEO of Camisol. she's a cel- celebrated fashion stylist and a domestic violence survivor herself. And she founded the Purple Runway in 2015 to increase awareness of domestic and intimate partner violence. If you're in the Washington, D.C. area, this year's fashion show will bring, will, will begin on October 21st, and it will be held in Arlington, Virginia, at Mercedes-Benz. Go to purplerunway.com to get your ticket and to stop the violence. Um, So getting back to how we can stop the violence, right, and the passive-aggressive behavior with each other, um, I I would like you to just share one last tool. So we've gone over so far. um, The number one rule is only do what you want to do, taking into account, of course, the people in your life. You know, if you have small children, clearly, you know, there are certain obligations and responsibilities as an adult that you have to do. Um, but, you know, where the other adults in your family are concerned, you know, it's where we have to um, harmonize our desires there. And then number two, visualize how you want to be in those difficult conversations. Don't avoid the difficult conversations, but, Come from a place of deep, deep listening and understanding, so that um, you can come to an agreement that works for all. So the last part of that to overcome people pleasing, tell us what to do now, Kim.
0: Well, realize that the root of people pleasing is really that you had to do that for you to be, for you to feel loved and worthy and accepted, and that was the lie. So, and that has caused, um, there's a phrase I say in the book that you can never get enough of what mm. you never to begin with. So when you go and heal the inner you, that's, the monster under the bed is your little wounded, hurt, um, scared, without logic or reasoning itself, that's still under there, worried that they're not okay, and they're going to be found out, or they're going to, you know, blow it and not you know, someone's going to cast them out of the tribe, you know, the community, Mm -hmm. that's who's under the bed, and so I, the biggest thing that I help, that I'm attempting to help people do is really go love, go Mm -hmm. find an emotional place that, and it's a process, it's not, it can't be explained in a 30-minute thing, but you've got to go to that deeper you, that didn't know how, it, how intrinsically valuable and unconditionally loved you were at, always. At, you didn't have to do anything to prove it. You didn't have to hide because there was nothing to see. There was nothing wrong with you ever, 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 ever. Hmm. And when you emotionally go, and it has to be emotional because that's what fired and wired us together was emotions. And then they've been embedded because... Uh, there's a whole other aspect I didn't even talk about, but when to answer that question, is it's going to, that's the bigger, biggest thing to do is get inside you and clean, heal up that little heal, the wound that caused all these other things to cause could come. And that's what pushes your button. Now, if anyone gets really close to that wound, that's, that's the damaging. Um, then we go, we are protecting it, right? We don't want people to, we don't want to look at it, mm-hmm. but really, it's run to the roar. It's a, it's a little you that is just, just like the monster under the bed when we were little. It, it's not really anything there. It's just you that's scared still. And anyway, go love yourself. Go figure out how to emotionally heal that
1: wound in you. It's love, love your inner self. Yeah. Wow. Powerful. Love four-year-old. Yeah. Love your your inner little four-year-old. Yeah. The little. You. Yeah so you know it's funny Kim um recently I met actually i I'm, I'm running into a lot of um what is it octogenians and octogenians right so the 70 and 80 year old women and when I tell them I'm a life coach they kind of chuckle of course mm-hmm. and so they're like uh okay what what do people come to you for and so then This is exactly the answer. (laughs) I help them to love the inner, you know, little person there. And since I only work with women in my case, I say the little girl. So the answer to how to uh, that that third question, how to learn how to love the inner you, I guess, would be to connect with Kim Fisk as a life coach, right?
0: Well, connect with Biscuit. you know like that's that's kind of the new horizon for me is what I'm going to be actually doing you know I can't I can't help enough people I can't I don't have enough hours in the day but I have programs that can and I have systems in place and I have I'm trying to support put support pieces around this because it's I find that when I bring the subject up I speak about it I have a live event by the way in in Vegas on November 4th but I've spoken about this before and I I see that it opens a can of worms. And you know, Cordelia, you don't have enough hours in the day to take care of everybody. You know what I mean? You can't provide personal support to everybody that needs it. But believe me, I'm putting many things in place that will help support people through this process because I don't want to make it paint a picture that it's going to be horrible. I've had people make huge transformations quickly and be free and go, ah, oh, it's like a million pounds lifted off of me and I'm so much happier. It doesn't take, it's not like, um it doesn't have to take years and years and years, but it is a process and it does depend on the readiness and willingness of the person to go look under the bed and run to the roar, so to speak, and be ready to, to see what's there. And so anyway, yes, come, come, if you're willing to, if you want to and you want to check whatever I'm doing out, absolutely. Please do.
1: Yeah. So let's, with that, let's get into how they can get help. Um, so first and foremost, the purpose of this show is to really invite them to better look at those parts of themselves, right? Kind of dissect it and, and look at those 10 different monster tracks that may be playing out in their lives. So um, let's, let's get into the um, your online launch for your book, which is coming up like, in 10 days, October 9th, 10th, and 11th, so yeah. that they can, like, kind of just not jump at you, right, they can, like, read your book, yeah. figure out where they are, okay, well, I'm tracks 2, 6, and um, I guess all the way through 10, so what do I do? <laughs> exactly, yeah,
0: exactly, and actually, the in a minute, the, the website right now is just a, uh, a landing page to be notified about the book. Uh, any minute now, like, I had a big uh, website kind of train wreck a little bit ago. So I'm kind of recouping from that, but, um, but it's going to have the opt-in, which is the, the 10 monster tracks and kind of the overview and the, um, you know, but right now you can just go there and put your email in to say, tell me when the book's out. And yeah, the night 10th and 11th of October, um, will be a big hoo-ha, you know, a lot of bonuses, a lot of freebie stuff. And, uh, because I really want to, I, I want to really bring the people in that need this work i mean that's why i did all of this because the need in the world is so great and it's not getting better and um, so i just have to kind of feel like i'm doing my part and whoever has ears to hear you know great let's let's go let's get this done because misery it just it's it just tears my it hurts me to see such um, division and pain and needless pain you know that i at the hand of this monster that i'm referring to so yeah, kimfisk.com, and Fisk has an E. I think I bought both domain names, though, so if you don't spell it right, it might still be okay, but k-i-m-f-i-s-k-e.com, and, um, and uh, you can just go be notified. You know, find me on Facebook, find me on Instagram, um, and again, I, I do have an event I'm very excited about. It's called um, Monster Hunting. It's a day event mm-hmm. in, in Las Vegas on November 4th at, um, the Alexis Park, but if you go sign up on my website, when that page gets finished, you, you know, you can, I'll, I'm going to send an email out about whatever other things are coming, so you can stay in touch. I'm also doing a retreat. This is a very small group retreat in Mexico, the end of, like, a destination retreat, which is so cool. Love doing those. That's where you can really get in and, woof. good stuff done, um, away from your normal life and uh, yeah. in a destination area that's beautiful, the end of uh, January. But, again,
1: that will be on the website as well. Okay. So technology is beautiful and awesome when it works. And when it doesn't, we just breathe. <laughs> right? Yeah. We breathe yeah. and laugh. <laughs> yeah. So, um <laughs> Those are all the um, the ways to connect with Kim. And like she said, she's like everywhere on social media under her name. Her Instagram page is pretty live and uh, she has a lot of cool tips. And I was alluding to her Facebook live. How often do you do those lives?
0: You know, as I feel inspired, I, pro- I just kind of hired a social media person that's going to help guide me because I'm a noob at all of it. I mean, in terms of, you know, how to do the branding. I I just talk and I'm real and I show when I don't have makeup on, like, you know, this stuff. So, um, and I do actually have even a little private group that's my Monster Beta group that I have practiced a lot of my tips and principles and got a lot of data from them, which has been very helpful. But my main, pa- my main page in Facebook is just Kim Reed Fisk or Kim Fisk. I don't know. You'll find me.
1: Yeah, I think it just comes up. Um, Kim Fisk because I I was um, I wasn't sure which page it was but it was right I went on right before we came um, live so it's just Kim Fisk F-I-S-K-E did and you watch, um, did you watch the poop and the monster live I didn't you I should watch. Go watch that. that's a really I, good I, one okay what is it called poop poop I don't know the
0: exact title, but it's like poop and the monster and it's a great, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you because we're out of time, but it completely confirms my shame um, theory. I mean, you got, and you would love it because you've got kids and I want to see what you think about that, um, that theory. It's crazy good.
1: Okay.
0: I'm also on YouTube. You guys, you can find me on YouTube because that's usually I'll upload it all to YouTube anyway. So. Um, I need to grow that YouTube list because I love videos. Videos are my favorite thing.
1: And you're really good on video and your your sound is amazing. And, you know, I was watching, I think I caught your September 12th one and people were like really like mind blown. And even I was, I was like, wow, you know, it's so much of the pain of what's inside of us. You know, it comes out and all these different things that we label, right, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, war and um, anger and frustration and prejudice and discrimination and all that. And what I tell my kids is, like, you know, it's just the ugly inside of you that you're projecting onto somebody else. And yep. it's just take a minute, right, and settle and, you know, try to, understand what that ugly is. And, you know, because in the end, like when you project, it actually hurts you more um, than it hurts the other person. Because I'm I'm not saying that other people are more evolved. I'm just saying that the amount of energy it takes to let that amount of negative emotion out in the world, It actually damages your health, and that's a whole different show. Um, I'm going to actually have someone on in November talking about that. But, you know, just quite simply, something that people can understand and digest tonight, my mom used to say that, you know what, it takes 16 muscles to smile, and anyone that will see your smile will smile back, and it takes 83 muscles to frown. And nobody's going to want to look at you and you're going to wrinkle early. (laughs) You know, um, that's what I'm saying. So like when, before, if you have pain, connect with Kim, read her book, understand your pain and identify it. And then, you know, find out how you can sort out that little you so that you don't damage your own health. Anymore I really appreciate you being here Tonight Cam. this was I mean this is A really powerful topic and it's So Needed I mean there's not I don't think there's Enough life coaches in the world to Handle these seven billion troubled people Right Yep
0: so it's Like we were we got to Keep doing the work Cordelia because I appreciate You having me on letting me You know kind of impact your your world And um You know, it's all, it takes, it's going to take many, many, many more of us that need to heal, that need to, um, you know, shine our light to those in our families, leave a legacy to our kids, help them, you know, when they're ready, give model, (laughs) model healthy behavior, uh, Mm -hmm. model, you know, it, it really is that, and hurt people hurt people. So. When you get hurt by somebody, it really had nothing to do with you. It's their hurt that's hurting, just like you said, kind of the other way of saying, you know, it's um, the ugly in them, but they feel ugly about themselves. That's why they hurt you. It, it doesn't have anything to do with you, it has nothing to do with you. It's their hurt. So mm-hmm. don't take it off and and just stay in your happy, loving self place. And no one can. No one can hurt you. No one can hurt you. No one can hurt you. It's, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty amazing. Mind blowing.
1: It really is. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I call it the happy bubble. You know, you keep yourself in a happy bubble and, uh, and stay insulated so that those, you know, those, um, I guess, thorns or whatever you want to call them, when they come at you, they don't infiltrate your your happy bubble and keep being a beacon, right? Just keep mm-hmm. emanating your light. I, I wanna tell a really quick story. I like today I had to go to the Department of Motor Vehicles and I was like, I almost started pulling all those records, right? Because like going to any of those kind of governmental agencies, it's just like, oh my gosh, it's gonna take so long and da 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 And I just stopped myself and I was like, whoa, this can be a good thing. This could be fun. Mm -hmm. I actually told myself it could be fun. And you know what? It actually was. Yep. I went there and this old lady, 80 years old, sat next to me. She was a hoot. I was laughing and laughing so much so that I wasn't really paying attention to the numbers. (laughs) You know how they call your number? And I was like... Uh, Yeah, so, no, I didn't miss it I looked up and it was like the number right before mine I was like, oh, we got to stop laughing so loud I I can't hear my number, you know And she's like, yeah, I better watch my number Where are they for me? So, um, you know, any place can be an amazing thing And as it turns out, she she volunteers somewhere And she asked me to speak there You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I could have just sat there and been like Oh my gosh, this is taking so long And, you know, but I came there with a whole different perspective and, and that's, that's what you can do. And that's who you can be once you work with someone like Kempfis. you know, if you or, you know, know, whoever you find that resonates and works for you um, as a life coach. So what is one last? You know what? What is the one major takeaway you would want people to have from tonight? Um, learn to shift to be
0: an observer of their thought and not an aligner. And that's another big principle that it's it's a never ending process for me too. And how I can tell if I'm aligned with something is how I feel. Like your feelings are the your emotions are your GPS about where you are. A thought always precedes the emotion. So if I have like a wonky feeling inside, like some days I'll go, I'm just kind of feeling wonky. Wonky is just my word that fits how I feel. I'm not, and, and I, I can do the same thing if I'm depressed. I can do the same thing if I'm mad or happy. Like it doesn't matter what the emotion is, there's a thought that precedes it. So when I, I just am bringing up wonky because I'll go, What am I wonky? Why do I feel like this? And then I just pause
1: and I go to the
0: observer. And I go up to the, and I go, what, What where's this coming from? It always comes from a thought or an interpretation or an assumption, something in my brain, my mind, my thought that I'm holding as either I'm worried about, which then I look at that and go, wait, that's not my, that's, I have to stay in my lane. That's not, I can be worrying that does not help them or me. So, okay, but that's where the wonky, okay, I'm worried about one of my kids. I'm thinking about, you know, a fight my husband had and I had this morning. Um, I'm overdrawn in my checkbook. Um, I'm gaining weight. Like, right? Like, I, right. And, oh, no, no, no. And here's, and here's the thing. It's not that I'm gaining weight. It's what do I tell myself about that I'm gaining weight? Like, Fact. what is the interpretation of I'm gaining weight? It's because I suck. See how bad I am? Mm -hmm. I'm not worthy I'm not good if I was better I'd lose weight look at all them see the comparison that's monster track number four comparison look at them they're better than I am because I'm fat so you're fat so what so what if you have some fat on you what does that mean that's that's the aligner and the observer move to observer and go what truth what interpretation do I make about that situation you know if I'm, mm-hmm. um, if I get a, you know, if I, if I overdraw my checkbook, Oh, see, that's like, me. I can't, I'm su- I am suck. I suck. I asked mm-hmm. the guy on the plane today. I go, so let, cause he, you know, of course I, people just start talking to me. I think I have a sign on me that says, Hey, go deep. Let's go. Um, <laughs> this happens, you know? And I, I just had this thought. And I've never had this thought before and I've never asked anyone till this guy on the plane today. And I said, so I have a
1: question for you.
0: I said, is it, And he hadn't even said these words that I suck, but he did say, I'm not good enough. Like he brought up, I hadn't even talked about my book yet. And he said that phrase, you know what? I think it's just because I have this feeling like I'm not good enough. I'm like, oh, come on. I got it. How do I not talk about this? Right. So I asked him this question later in the conversation and I go, so Jared, is it the fact that someone sucks or someone thinks they suck? Mm. Where's the rub? Is it that I suck or that I think I suck? And he kind of laughed, and he goes, wow, that sounds like a simple, but it's not a simple question. And honestly, if you think about that,
1: where is it, Cordelia? Where's the rub? It's in his thoughts. It's the that I
0: think. It's the judgment of myself, self-judgment. If if you suck, and you own it, and you don't even, like, you just go on, and you just act happy, and, but you, but so what? Who knows if you suck? The only thing is that it is what it is based on what you think it is. So when you call it I suck, that's the problem. It's yeah. the thought that I suck is more the problem is all the problem rather than that you just suck. <laughs>
1: anyway, right.
0: That makes sense. Yeah,
1: the, the judgment, yeah, that that is what brings us down. You know, that's that's why I I call people and you do this too. I saw I want to say it was a blog post you did. You call people to self-forgiveness, right? Because mm-hmm. um what what is it that, um, you know, we, we are stacking unreasonable judgment and unreasonable, you know, just stuff, somebody else's stuff, right? It's, you know, whatever we were told growing up on ourselves and, you know, just like you said, giving yourself permission to release all that, just like, yeah, it's not true. I don't suck, you know? Mm-hmm. Someone Mm -hmm. may look at this attribute of myself and say, that sucks. But that's an attribute that sucks. Is it really true? Is it really mine? Yeah.
0: And you know what? I suck at a lot of things. (laughs) Right? Like, I suck at sewing. I'm not a great cook. I don't do crafts. I suck at a lot of things. That isn't the issue. I'm okay with sucking at a lot of things. Like it's no, that mm-hmm. I'm just putting myself up about it. I own it. Like, yep, <laughs> I'm not good at that. That's not me. And the, so the judgment is the biggest damage that that is monster track three judgment is, it's what we tell ourselves about whatever this is, whatever is happening. It's I, I'm not a good cook. Therefore, my husband will not love me. I'm not going to be a good mom. I, I'm, not going to have, I'm not going to be happy. People are going to look at me and think I'm bad. I'm not going to be acceptable. It goes back to your four-year-old. It's exactly it goes, all roads lead to the four-year-old, honestly. And it's crazy. And you go, well, who said that? Who said that you have to be a good cook to be? Who said? Well, because that's what your mom was, a really good cook. And, you know, it just goes back to all that. So it's really
1: interesting. It is. Well, thank you for sharing that and sharing about your book tonight. And like I said, everyone, um, follow her on social media. Follow Kim Fisk with an E um, everywhere on social media. Go to her YouTube channel to really capture the essence of her message. And, um, of course, go to her website so you will be alerted as soon as her book launches on October 9th, and there'll be all kinds of freebies and goodies that, um, you know, she'll be offering the three, during the three-day launch through the 11th. I want to thank you um, again, Kim, for being here tonight, and thank everyone of my listeners to the Replenish Me show. Um, this is a place, a safe haven for women to come and learn different strategies on how to calm their chaos through self-compassion, self-forgiveness, and clarity so that they can harmonize their lives and find what truly fulfills them and what magical language emerges from their heart as a result is called Sweet Talk. To find out more about me and what I do, you can connect with me on Facebook on my, in my group called Chaos to Calm for Supermoms, the number four. Or you can go to my website, workoutaroundmyday.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. If the messages this show have resonated with you, please share with someone else because if it helped you, it can help another person. And sharing is caring. Have an amazing evening. Thank you.